from Westside Church in Bend, Oregon. You're listening to Behind the Message. week we take you behind what we teach here at Westside. I'm Ben Fleming. And I'm Evan Earwicker, and we are just about at a year anniversary of Behind the Message podcast. Well, congratulations, guys. Hey. Yeah, we made it. All right, what'd you get me? (laughs) That's how this relationship works, Steve. (laughs) You and Evan just That's how this works. We we pay you, Ben. (laughs) I heard you got a new house. Speaking of being paid, you got a new house. Yeah, new house. Yeah. Hey, that's great. I'm super excited about it. It's got a big yard. Which is kind of the whole object of the whole nice, movie. Nice, a big yard. Yeah, we got to be able to put our kids out to pasture sometimes. <laughs> and you have two dogs. So How, how's been? How has it been with a small yard and those? Because they're large, they're labs. What do you have? Yeah, I have a lab and a border collie, yeah. which is not made for small yards. You know, so it's no. been rough. <laughs> yeah, I have to take them. And I'm not like a dog park guy. I know that a lot of people in Bender dog park people. I hate it. I like being by myself with my dogs and playing and running around and not worrying about other people. So you like being by yourself. Well, yeah, in general. <laughs> Yeah, and your dogs don't know what they're missing, right? Because you've yeah. never taken them to exactly. a dog park. <laughs> exactly. I like taking them to the river and stuff like that, but they don't. Dog parks are too many people very particular about their dogs. Yeah. Yes. You know, I'd hate to disrupt that rhythm that they have going on over there. <laughs> do, you ever, do you ever take your dogs off leash when you take them on a trail? Yeah. I love doing that. All the time. Is Tito still around? Yeah, Tito's still around. I think so. <laughs> if he wasn't, Evan, that's would be really sad. I know. <laughs> I'm going to ask Evan, no. Our dog, we have a, we're not sure what he is. We got him from the, from the shelter, and we named him Tito after the uh, former dictator of Yugoslavia. Because <laughs> you really loved him. Well, we lived there, but he was dead by the time we lived there. But <laughs> he, was, he was a benevolent dictator for at least the Croats. They loved him. And oh, so, there you go. So we named our loving dog after him benevolent dictator my, that's what i call evan right now, <laughs> yeah, that's right he's a benevolent dictator <laughs> my brother named their dog che after che Guevara. Well, come on um, so there's something about yeah. you know military Dict- power and dogs yeah yeah they go together i, I don't know i named mine after almond roca so there's that too yeah, yeah roca you, uh cory anyway. <laughs> pastor cory their dog was maple syrup really yeah. they have a dog they did oh yeah, I would d- imagine when a lot. Oh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> it was a little tiny thing. Little tiny thing. Corey doesn't strike me as a dog person. They actually gave it uh, to uh, friends of ours, Randall and Aaliyah oh, Knight. There you go. And then he got, she got sick and died. Uh, right. I didn't know that. Yeah. Jeez, that's sad. Well, that's a high note. And Let's talk that, about the acorn and the eleven, please. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a year of behind the message. <laughs> Steve, you preached part three of our series on the way of Jesus, and I was thinking about this this week. Uh, we are diving into the teachings of Jesus. When we think about modeling our lives after the way of Jesus, is it equal in part his teaching and the way he lived? Or do we look to one or the other more? Hmm. That's an interesting question, Evan. I think it's both. Yeah, I'm not sure which which is more, which is less. Some gravitate towards his teaching and kind of you know, use it as a rule book. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I kind of more look at it as values and, uh, you know, and a way, an ethos. And I think that, um, so for me, it's how he lived out his teaching, you know, and yeah. then, and that, that speaks more to me than the actual words he spoke. And the way he lived is, it's easier to follow. His teaching can be kind of opaque, a little, a little hard to follow sometimes, even for those around him, obviously it was tough. It was hard for them to understand, and it's hard today to understand. Yeah, and he was trying to break through an old religious system, and uh, and you know, and sometimes that's applicable to us, and sometimes it's not. Yeah. You know, and so I think 
his his the context in which he ministered in is quite different than today, and so we have to look a little bit beyond just the the actual you know words that he spoke and in mm. in the way that he kind of inspired you know people to live. And even today, I mean, people are still look to Jesus whether they are Christians or not as. Um, a guy that had something good to say, you know, and live 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 out his way is something that people of you know really any re- a lot of religions actually embrace. So it's quite mm-hmm. interesting. That's one of the most difficult things for me in my own personal walk, as well as as a teacher, how to communicate it to people. Because I want to just take the words and put them in front of people's faces and say, okay, and now this is exactly how we go and do it. But Jesus, his intention with his disciples was to be watched. It was to spend time with them and to laugh with them and to try to bring that out of the scripture is, is so important and so difficult, especially for kind of the concrete thinkers that we often have in the church that look at a preacher and go, well, I don't know. Why are you talking about that? Like he didn't say that, but yeah, he lived that way, right? Yeah, exactly. I think the the whole idea of concrete is pretty funny to me because we live in such a different world than he lived in, and so we, it's hard to like concrete, you know. And and yet the the values um, that he lived by are so compelling today, you know. And I think that's ultimately for me as I look at the at the teaching and the way of Jesus. Ultimately, he's leading us towards love. It's right. ultimately he's leading us toward loving each other as he loved us. And and, and whenever we stray from that to behavior modification or um, set of rules that we all have to live by, um, then we miss that, yeah. I think, a lot of times. There's something about just picking things up from Jesus that I find important. Just when I go out and I intentionally try to spend time with people and love on people that I normally wouldn't, I feel like I'm spending time with Jesus and I'm, I'm picking up things like I would from my dad, right? Mm-hmm. Like he didn't tell me everything. A lot of the things I learned from my dad, I just watched him do. Yeah. And to take that out of our relationship with Jesus and make it, you know, a, a non, it just doesn't exist. And instead just go by exactly these words that we say, it's, I don't know. It's a really tough thing. I feel like we're missing out on a ton of what Jesus is trying to teach us. And we also, like, we forget that he lives with us. So it's like, if if I can't find it in the Bible, oh no, what am I going to do today to make this major decision in my life? Well, thankfully, he's like with us. And that was one of the greatest things he ever did, in my opinion, was say to his disciples, hey, you know, it's better that I go because if I don't go, the Holy Spirit's not going to come and I need to go because I can't be with billions of people over thousands of years all at one time, but the Spirit of God can. And so I'm going to put deposit him into your life and, and, you know, I'll be with you always. Then he could say that, right, to the very end of the age because the Holy Spirit lives in us, who directs us and guides us and leads us in the way of Jesus. Um, So it's not like a guessing game, yeah. you know. It's it's like trying to hear that small, still voice. That's good. Our past or former pastor Ken Johnson is going to be sharing it first Wednesday, um, and um, in March, which is today that we're doing this <laughs> podcast. Anyway, that um, this idea of how to hear um, the Holy Spirit, I'm mm-hmm. excited about. It. I think it's a, it's a great place in the way of Jesus to have a moment to say, okay, how do I right. hear? How do I hear Jesus in my everyday? Yeah. And it's the Holy Spirit that really enables, I think, what you were talking about on Sunday, which is this, uh, the way that the gospel and the kingdom and the way of Jesus has exploded onto the scene from the time Jesus spoke these words. What enabled that was the work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It wasn't uh, Jesus himself personally taking political power or stepping into a kingship role. Uh, to get his message out. It was the Holy Spirit at work through individuals on a mass scale. Yeah, it's like kind of catching a wave when you're surfing. I mean, it's not like you're creating it. You're not not creating a movement. Um, You're really just... 
I heard a guy say we're discerners, not deciders, right? So there's this idea that we're just we're we're trying to hear what the Spirit of God is already saying and doing, and catch in catch that. Um, and then if we do that, um, we're right in we're right in line with the way of Jesus because the Spirit and Jesus are the same. They're not separate. They're not two different two different ideologies, you know. And so I think. That's a pretty key part of how to live the way of Jesus is the work of the Spirit. So one of the clear ways of Jesus to me, and it's, he'd seen, he talks about it, he makes it clear in how he lived his life, was that he wasn't here to overcome and overthrow the government. He wasn't here to be the next president. Uh, instead, he came to save in a different kind of way. And you referenced this last week, and you talked about how Jesus' object wasn't to get rid of communism, that, um, that it can work, that Jesus can work in any kind of political climate and is working in any kind of political climate. Do you get any blowback? I saw you having a lot of conversations after service. Do people, what do people talk to you about that? Do people yeah, I, say anything? About I got that? one email that, that felt like I was, uh, I made a flippant joke in one service about being Republican, I think. And, 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 and the person felt like I was making fun of them and a larger group of people in our church. And certainly wasn't my intent, obviously, but I get a little bit a little bit of blowback sometimes been with this kind of stuff, but, um, but that just shows you how deeply ingrained um, the idea is in in American Christianity that um, you have to be you have to be part of a democracy that's the best environment for the gospel to flourish right. and um, and I just don't think we can we can say that historically. I don't think we can prove that. Um, and certainly now, um, as Christianity is diminishing in the U.S., uh, you, we definitely can't say that. But you know, we have a lot of people, um, me included. I've, I've, I've been I've been in that camp for a lot of years of my early on, you know, growing up. That you know, you had to. You had to be in a democracy, and you had to be a conservative, and these to have the way of Jesus happen in your life. And I and I just think Jesus is consistently kind of blowing up um, the little boxes that we create mm-hmm. for him to fit in, and uh, and that you can be in any context, any culture, any uh, political party, and still um, both live and be challenged by mm-hmm. uh, the way of Jesus. How concerned is Jesus about our politics? Do you think? On what level? What? It's a what, great question. What conversations ben? about politics? I think he's about? somewhat concerned about it because I don't think I, I don't think we can say he's not at all concerned about it because there are things about him and his way of love that sometimes policies and politics push against, mm-hmm. and so I think um, as the people of God, whenever we see. Um, um, you know the way of Jesus, the values of Jesus being um, thrown, you know, pushed up against. We have to stand. We have to at some point make a stand. Yeah. So, um, I, I'm not a political activist by any stretch, but I, I um, when I do see political activists who are trying to live the way of Jesus in love, right? They're active, active in love. It's inspiring to me. So I think there is a place for sure. But I, uh, I would say that it's, um, to be honest. Um, there's about half it's about 50 50 the way of jesus found in the democratic party and in the republican party so yeah. it's not like the republicans got got the lion's share of the way of jesus mm-hmm. um i would say that's not true i would say as i've looked at both political parties i've seen i see the i see jesus in both yeah. and so i think the the task and it's not an easy one for christians to live the way of jesus is to not identify themselves only based on political party, but to to let the way of Jesus inform the way they vote, the way they um, um, involve themselves in politics, the issues that that are important to them. Um, they, it should be filtered through the way of Jesus, not um, a political party per se. Yeah, and we get in trouble when 
we believe that one political party does have the edge on Jesus and then expect people that are don't agree with us to either fall in line or get out of our way. You know, that kind of environment invades the church to where, you know, even a flippant uh, joke that's meant in good humor can be taken as a personal attack yeah. because, you know, it, it's politically charged and yeah. even inside the church. And so mm-hmm. I think dismantling that sense of my politics are intertwined with my faith uh, they need to be, I think, broken apart, you know, so that we can look at each issue as it comes up and say, I'm more loyal to the way of Jesus than I am to the Democratic Party or the yeah, Republican exactly. Party. Exactly. And let Jesus, and I would say he's going to challenge everyone in any political party. It doesn't, in terms of what you believe mm-hmm. embedded in that political party. There yeah. is not, there is not, and I believe this, as I, as I talked about with the, with the yeast and the, and the dough, there's not a place that Jesus will not reach into and affect um, in our lives. And I think in society, I, I don't, I don't, I think, I don't think there's, there's hidden places. Well, he's not going to touch politics. I think it is, it's pervasive yeah. um, his way. And so eventually it's going to work its way through the dough. Um, and uh, what I've seen a lot of times is how we as Christians maybe push even against the way of Jesus filtering into every system everywhere um you know I, I think about muslim countries right now and i just think man we have done such a poor job of representing the way of jesus the the people in syria and elsewhere they feel like you have to be american to be a christian <laughs> you know and this idea that, that that's america, really how they feel that's absolutely and america is a, the christian nation wow well, well, well there is no such thing as a christian nation yeah. Um, and so we have to be careful because as soon as we put Christianity, like you're saying, Evan, into a certain a political position, whether it's Republican or whether it's democracy or whatever, um, you immediately cut off people who are opposed to that political right. party or to that country. And the way of Jesus is bigger than that. It, and, and as I said in the message, it doesn't need to stand on anything for it to have influence. It can stand on yeah. its own two feet. And so we should be careful when we make synonymous Christianity with a political system because everyone that, like in Syria, they see, you know, America, the great white devil, all these, you know, really negative things. If that's synonymous with Jesus, how will we ever show them the way of Jesus in any nation that hates America or capitalism or what we stand for in our political system? It's, it, it almost hamstrings our ability to be missionaries because of our desire to make politics and faith <laughs> one. And let me be clear too, that there are ideologies that will be opposed to the way of Jesus. Yeah. Right. So I'm not saying like Islam is just ready for the wave of Christ, you know, to come in and chant. I think, I think there's going to be persecution um, because the way of Jesus flies in the face of some ideologies. Right. Yeah. And some in my, in my life too. And so it's like, we have to, I don't, I'm not saying that, um, that if we do this, that everybody will be fine with it, and Jesus, His way will just be pervasive. The reality is, is that it comes at a cost sometimes, in some contexts, and uh, and that it doesn't come easy um, yeah. in every place. So we talked about earlier in this sermon series this idea that sometimes we we can create this environment where people feel like you kind of have to become Jewish before you become Christian. And now, if we're talking about other nations, who who the the American Christianity is trying to go and reach them, now maybe sometimes we're actually making them feel like, all right, now you got to become American, and then we'll run you through the Jewish thing, and then we'll introduce you to the oh, way of Jesus. Yeah, Ben, we've made Christianity. Um, and I think I, I, I could prove this if we had time, but we've made Christianity a Western religion. 
and yet it was birthed in east in an eastern context right but now in i think globally people see christianity as a religion of the west and um and that's not good it's not it's not the way the gospel wants is supposed to spread um and and so you see how that happens it just it, and it happens naturally um it happens without us thinking about it um and and those of us who are see it we have to go wait no no we got to break down these barriers because christianity is not a western religion it's yeah. not an american ideology it's not a, a conservative Christians, uh, conservative political orientation. It is a different way, altogether different. And yes, it does have some conservative ideologies built into it, but I also, also would say it has some liberal ideologies built into it. And, and, and as you can see, this, this is the wrong question. What's, what's the way of Jesus? And let's lean into that. Yeah. And, uh, and then when a ballot comes in front of, comes to my desk, oh, I got to, okay, the way of Jesus informs me yeah. of how to vote um, in that way. It seems like we should have had this settled a long time ago, I mean, people were asking Jesus these same questions, you know, when it came to paying taxes and Caesar and, you know, trying to get him to fall into line with a political ideology then. And he was constantly throwing it back at him saying, that's not my way. That's not my way. And here we are thousands of years later, still trying to get him to come to our side of these political issues. Yeah. We like, we like power to Evan. There's some of that in there. I, I think of the, evangelical movement back in the 60s and 70s where we um, saw that we could get a, a president elected as a Christian movement. And um, and I think we sacrificed some things in the process because we had to align ourselves wow. with a certain way um, politically. And I think it hurt us ultimately um, to reaching everyone in our country. And so I think we have to, we have to be honest about that and then, um, and then have conversations with people who are not of the same political ideology as um, mainline Christianity would be put into that, you know, a, a conservative ideology, and reach out to them and and, and describe the way of Jesus, and they're going to find more alignment that, rather than less alignment with the way of Jesus. Yeah, but the, he'll still challenge their 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 thinking because he challenges his mind all the time, and so. But you know what I'm saying? So we just have to break down those barriers. So what's God teaching you the most through all this, Steve? You feel like we're going through parables that. Um, are more commonly known and, and memorable because, well, they're parables. Uh, so you've read through this scripture a lot of time in your life, and here we are really delving all the way deep down into it for a sermon series called The Way of Jesus. What's God teaching you that might be brand new uh, in this time around than it was before? Well, it's so distinct. I think that for me, Ben, is the biggest, biggest shift in me is that The Way of Jesus is a different way. And I, I haven't unpacked that a ton yet with the church, but I just, I feel like it's so different than any other way. Mm. And yet I, we try to, we try to, you know, fit it into our already existing boxes and, and ideas. And I, I just feel like if we allow the work of the spirit, he's going to blow up all of that and yeah. show us a new and better way. That's what I talked about the first of the year. And that phrase for me is just continuing to resound. I want, I want a new and better way than any other way. And I don't think that's just against a Jewish, an old Jewish system. I think it's about any other system that tries to inform the way in which we live, the way in which we rule and govern, the way in which we um, relate to our family and friends. I, I just think Jesus is, he, he, it's a, just a different way. And, and there are, sure, there are similarities, but I want to rediscover 
you know, fresh. Like I'm reading the Bible for the first time. Yeah. What that what that way looks like um, without any of my and I. It's hard to do, right? We can't put away our past and how I grew up, you know, in a church and was informed of a certain way. You know, it's hard to put all that stuff to the side. But I, I'm really seeking fresh again, this a new and and living way, a right. better way. And that's what it is. A lot of times, I've even said it from the pulpit. Where I, I use the word fresh and. Uh, and new, and it, it's usually like this kind of life-giving thing. And it is life-giving, but it's really hard to say, we're really going to throw out a lot of the things that we've taken for granted for a long time. We're going to relook at them. We're going to begin to ask the right questions again. We're going to start over. Because uh, that's really what God's been doing through me through this entire thing. The things that I've just understood forever to be the right way, uh, the Republican way being the right way, you know, whatever it is, right. I'm willing to start over again and ask all the questions again. And maybe I walk through that and it is what I always thought it was. But most of the time, I feel like Jesus changes the script. He does. And I, I mean, it's like a... It's like before my son died, I think I had a well-built theology, philosophy, way of living. Mm-hmm. And then that, through through him dying, my all of that was destroyed in a sense. Like it was, it may not have been destroyed, but I kind of allowed it to be. I let it just, I let it just go to the root again, down to the foundation and what of, of what my faith is and who I really believe in and yeah. why. And, and I, I, and I feel like for me personally, God is just kind of rebuilding an, another way um, based not not based on my experience or what I want him to be but based on what I read yeah. uh, about his life and that so it, it and it, it is looking starting to look quite different than what I grew up believing and sure. and living and I and I have to I also have to be a little bit careful because um crisis brings you to these kinds of places but not everybody in, our, in the church has gone through a crisis and so it's like they they may not be ready for a big shift in 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 a new and living way you know they might be like hey i'm really happy with the old and dying one um right. <laughs> you know and that's a that's a, an extreme statement but it, just this idea that my the old way isn't broken yeah. in my life it, it's not, right that some people would say hey it's it's been working for me you right. know and I would probably push back and go, is it really, though? Is it really? Because there's a whole generation of people in our country who have completely, they've checked out Jesus and the church as it is today, and they've checked out. And they yeah. said, no, I don't want it. So I, I, it's not working, you know? And the old way doesn't ask you to change. And so that's real comfortable. Mm-hmm. As, as life-sucking as it is, it's easy Er, <laughs> because it doesn't ask you to change. I don't. I don't have to adjust my life or my thinking or the way I act one bit in an old way that I have kind of cherry picked and tailor built around myself to insulate me mm-hmm. from that challenge. Um, and and I'm guilty of this. I think in my own life, I want to look again at Jesus' way and have it challenge me. Have it say, "Whoa, you're thinking wrong. Everything you thought about that." You're completely off. Yeah, you're married. Exactly. You're not yeah. acting right. You know, I want That's I want right. that kind of challenge in my life, and I don't normally have that. He gets in our business, yeah. and the seed, the mustard seed, is an invasive species. It will take over everything, and we like to think that that's the U.S. government, <laughs> but it actually it's he's really talking about my heart, right? You know, and that if there wherever there are places that I'm holding on to, thing places that I'm like this is I I'm, I can't change, you know I. Um, then Jesus is, if you want his way, he will mess with you. I mean, he will ask you to stop doing certain things and start doing certain things. Yeah. He'll, you know, and just out of the blue, he'll say, he'll say, Hey, stop, uh, you stop, uh, drinking beer on Friday nights. 
Well, I'm not an alcoholic. Jesus was the problem. He said, I just want to make sure yeah. that you do what I tell you to do. That's good. And you know what I'm saying? I mean, there's just stuff like that that Jesus throws in every once in a while that we think is minor and insignificant, and yet if we have ears to hear, mm-hmm. it's the mustard seed. It's yeah. like this, he's trying to make sure that he's got us, and, and we've given it to him, yeah. our whole self, mm-hmm. not just the little bits that we, <laughs> that, you know, I'm not going to murder anybody. He's got that part of me. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, there's other things that he doesn't yet. Is, is a church like Westside ready? Are we ready for this kind of invasion of the way of Jesus? And we're a pretty comfortable crew. Yeah, we're know, affluent and <laughs> Bend is beautiful and easy. Are we ready? I don't know. <laughs> Man, I don't know, Evan. That's a really good question. I'd, you know, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe not. I don't know if I am, Evan. I don't know. You know, I, Francis Chan is a challenging prophetic voice to the Christian movement, and he 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 told his church before he let before he left it that he wasn't sure if all of them were going to heaven. You know, um, because their faith was so shallow. And you know, there's a, a scripture I think it's in Matthew 10 where Jesus says that eventually the faith of many will grow cold, mm-hmm. and it's through trial and tribulation and issues and things. And I just I sometimes I look out at the church, our church, and the church, and I think. How deep is the faith there? You know, how deep is it in me? How you know? And and I can say now, um, after the, what we've been through, that my faith is okay. It's there's something solid there, you know, um, because I've st- I still believe. Um, but as I, as I think about, and people have said, hey, I don't know if I could still believe if I went through what you went through. Mm-hmm. And that, that just tells me that we need to keep helping the church deepen, you know, the seed, right? The seed that the, Jesus uses often in the parables to go deeper into our hearts so that, so that when stuff comes, we're not just blown over and that yeah. our faith will su- survive and even thrive yeah. um, in the midst of persecution and trials and hardship. Yeah. Man, I'm challenged just talking about this you know i we've got to allow the work of jesus and the way of jesus i think to do a work in us not learn about it even through this series not learn about who jesus is but allow him to mess us up yep and and let and lean into that and if we can't do it as teachers of the word it will never um happen in those that we get the the privilege to serve yeah that's good what a challenge uh, we're going to continue in the series for a few more weeks. Uh, are you preaching again this weekend? I am. Yeah, I'm All looking right. forward to the Three pearl, the pearl and the treasure. Yeah, great. Well, we'll be listening for that, and uh, we'll be back to talk about it next week. You can always check out Pastor Steve's messages at WestsideChurch.org, and we are at behindthemessage.com. <laughs>